1: This is Monica Perez, waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6, right here on 95.5 WSB. We're in hour three. We are really—I'm getting such mixed messages because I am not a a Trump fan. I'm not a hater. I'm horrified by the USMCA, the United States-Mexico-Canada trade agreement, which is just a triumph for globalism. And I, I'm so upset about that. I think the impeachment is smoke and mirrors to distract from that, among a lot of other things. But I don't like the impeachment. I think it is. It is one of the things it's preventing is a an investigation of Burisma and the Bidens. That I think is preventing it, and I think that that is an order. So. I had the lucky, the privilege of having a call from my favorite local activist, Garland Favorito. So I'm putting you back on, Garland, if I can. Can you hear me? Hey,
2: thank you, Monica. Um, I, and I'm, I'm not a fan of particularly of Trump either. But as you said, I mean, his, Trump, uh, the administration has not done anything Wrong. He's never received any money from Ukraine or anything of value, and Ukraine got everything they were supposed to get. So I, I'm a, I'm with you that the impeachment is a sham.
1: I even think uh, this idea of bribery—they're turning it on its head. Bribery is when you take money to deliver something. He didn't. He he's accused of bribing somebody else's president.
2: Well, right, and they had to back that out of the impeachment articles yeah. because they—you have to go through with the act to commit bribery, and ne- that never nice. happened. So that's why they backed it down to abuse of power, which is very, very uh, generic. It could be anything. Um, so what were you
1: I'll- thinking about? So I was confused by whether or not, the prosecutor Biden got fired, Shokin, was actually investigating Burisma or he wasn't investigating people that Biden wanted taken out. Like they, there are two two kinds yes. of people over there, the ones they wanted protected and the ones they wanted taken out. So it, if you have exactly. any. Exactly. And
2: that's what I've been looking into. And I have two things I'm going to send you. Uh, and one of them is Victor Shokin's affidavit. And oh. um, and that is very impressive. He says that um The truth is that I was forced out because I was leading a wide-ranging corruption probe into Burisma Holdings, a natural gas firm active in Ukraine, and Joe Biden's son, Hunter Biden, was a member of the board. Wow. Um, And he goes on to say, I assume that Burisma, which was connected with gas extraction, had the support of the U.S. Vice President Joe Biden because his son was on the board of directors. Um, And if you uh, just a couple more sentences, the official reason put forward for my dismissal was that I allegedly failed to secure the public's trust. Proshenko and other state officials, including representatives of the U.S. presidential administration, had never previously had any complaints about my work. However, there were no grievances against me or any allegations that I had committed any corruption related criminal offenses. Biden never stated anything of the kind either. Furthermore, all sanctions in respect of Yanukovych and his supporters remained in force and were not lifted while I occupied the post. Moreover, these sanctions were extended. And then he goes on to say, on several occasions, President Poroshenko asked me to have a look at the criminal case against Burisma and consider the possibility of winding down the investigation actions in respect of this company, but I refused to close the investigation. Therefore, I was forced to leave office under direct and intense pressure from Joe Biden and the U.S. administration. In my conversations with Prashanko at the time, he was emphatic that I should cease my investigations regarding Burisma. When I did not, he said that the U.S., by a Biden, were refusing to release the U.S. dollars, $1 billion promised to Ukraine. And he said that he had no choice, therefore, but to ask me to resign.
1: Wow, that's really and- interesting, because Zlochevsky's money got released because Ukraine... That over in London because Ukraine failed to file charges. I thought it was Shokin intentionally not filing charges, but perhaps he was a stopped. I have to absolutely go in there and read all that stuff. So you have to send it to me, please, please, please. Well,
2: well, uh, Monica, here's one other thing I found out. So the question is, you're saying, well, was Shokin telling the truth or Biden? So if you, we went uh, back and found in a lot of Ukrainian newspapers. The story in February of 16, when uh, Shokin went to court against Slajewski, who was the owner of Burisma, froze uh, $23 million uh, of his assets. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was just before Biden tried to get him fired. Mm -hmm. So the newspaper reports in Ukraine confirm that Viktor Shokin is telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So it's very uh, upsetting. The other thing that I, th- I think that's going to come out eventually is that that billion dollars of aid, when it was released, it was put into private bank. Uh, yes, which,
1: yes, Kolomoisky's bank. Kolomoisky is oh, somehow uh, an owner of Burisma. Uh,
2: well, exactly. Um, Burisma uh, is, was, was moved into the private group. They cut some deal to move down into the private yeah, and group. Yeah, in Cyprus,
1: I think. And that,
2: billion, that private bank was eventually nationalized okay. uh, in, in 2016 when they lost $5 billion. So all of yes. that aid that was going to Ukraine was lost. Right. And that's one of the biggest stories, I think, that hasn't come out yet, but probably and will next year.
1: I'll give you something. I actually have been talking about that a lot. I am not. I don't want to go back there. I got. I'm going to move on. But uh-huh. I will just tell you one little thing, which is— That ongoing issue of Privat Bank, because Kolomoisky now wants to claw back, he wants to be compensated for it, which is crazy. IMF aid is currently suspended because of this outstanding issue of whether or not Kolomoisky has to be compensated for the nationalization of Privat Bank. So I don't know if you know that, that right now IMF aid is on hold because of that.
2: Wow! No, you, I did not know that.
1: Yeah. So look into that. I'm I'm okay. gonna let you go because I want to keep playing. I want to play another Lutsenko clip. And mm. uh, but keep me pro- apprised and tweet at me these links if you don't mind, Garland.
2: Will do. Thank you, Monica. So Thank, much for covering yeah. this. Really Thanks appreciate so it.
1: Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Thanks. So, Binkley, what I want to hear is the next one, Lutsenko. This goes to some of the stuff I was talking about with Garland just now, which is, Shoken. I think what he said. Maybe I should have had him emphasize it. And it'll be in the affidavit, which I will read, that Shokin said that he was not going, that he was going to continue the prosecutions that they wanted him to continue. I think that's what I'm hearing, which would have been Yanukovych, which is the corrupt leader of Ukraine that we took out in a coup. Now, this the They're all corrupt, supposedly, like in Ukraine, like everything's corrupt. Even Putin, who's giving this guy safe haven is says that he's corrupt but what they did was they subverted everybody's corrupt. so you're definitely getting a corrupt guy but he <laughs> cut a good deal with putin as opposed to a bad deal with the eu and that's that is why he was removed in a coup and brought up i believe on charges of murder even though he didn't do that so so i think shokin was going to continue to pursue anti-corruption investigation against Yanukovych. And I think in this clip that you're about to play of Lutsenko, I think he's referring to that. Yanukovych is the guy that Victoria Nuland and the Obama administration took out of the leadership of Ukraine, but he himself was also corrupt. And it sounds like, from what I read recently in a Ukraine newspaper, was that They that some of that that money was either laundered or funneled into Franklin Templeton, which is a U.S. financial institution. And that that is that is uh, the subject of a current investigation or at least was current when when things were moving along until the U.S. impeachment started throwing monkey wrenches into Ukrainian prosecutions. So let's hear. So this is this is the same interview, right?
3: Yeah, this is the same interview, and he is, again, responding to the ambassador, Yovanovich, what she said in the congressional hearings.
1: Okay, so just as a reminder, this is Lutsenko, the prosecutor general that Biden thought was going to be his boy, put in place. Yovanovitch goes to him, tries to give him his marching orders, and he pukes on her.
3: Yes, and he also requested to meet with the the Attorney General of the United States and she said during the congressional hearings that he didn't follow the proper procedure and he's combating, he's undermining her statement in this.
1: Oh, that's really interesting because Trump wanted Zelensky to meet with the Attorney General. Yeah, he
3: wanted to meet with him and right. she said he didn't do it.
1: Okay, let's hear this clip. It's a little hard to understand, but I think we laid it out.
4: Told what? to members of the committee that Lutsenko asked me ...to organize his meeting with American Attorney General. But you know, gentlemen, that there is a procedure for this, he told. The procedure that Lusenko should, or even must give us... ...a short topic, what uh, points he he wants to discuss... ...with American law enforcement bodies. And Jovanovic said, and he never... Uh, gave us such an information. I have bad news for Madame Ivanovic. This is my letter, my deputy letter, to request for cooperation in investigation against the criminal organization of Yanukovych and regarding possible investments in the U.S. based mutual and other funds for the purpose of money laundering.
1: Yeah, I don't think they wanted any of this stuff to come out at all. Yeah, I don't think so. And, and I wanted to play it in his own words, because then you don't have to rely on an interpreter. So I know it's hard to understand. But and he I wouldn't be surprised if he insisted on that, because this guy has been targeted before he's been in jail as a political prisoner. He was arrested for like drunkenness or something in Germany, which he claims was a setup. I mean, I'm worried for this guy.
3: Yeah. And when he's calling out the darling of the congressional hearings, he's definitely putting his neck out there.
1: Right. And and there was maybe his no prosecution list that he rattled off. All of them were so-called anti-corruption workers that she did not want him investigating. That Kent, George Kent, who he said was in league with her. There is an actual letter that was produced before the impeachment committee that said Kent was writing to them, not to Lutsenko specifically, I don't think, but saying, hey, we have no concerns about how our aid is used with respect to these anti-corruption organizations, specifically these ones. So he, it wasn't in such uncertain terms, but it was, it was in such certain terms, but it was Kent saying, stand down on the corruption investigation. So he, that what, that Kent letter is in writing something that supports, I think, Lutsenko's story. So, Let's let uh, we'll do some calls after the break and then we'll we've got some more clips that I think color in that these people are plotting behind the scenes to give us a false narrative. This is Monica Perez,
0: Monica Perez. Evil does seek to maintain power by suppressing the truth on 95.5 WSB Atlantis News and talk.
1: We're back. I have time for a call and we are going to get through. If you're on hold, I will get to all of the calls. I'm going to go to Mike. Mike's been waiting the longest. Hey Mike, you're on with Monica. Hey
5: Mon- hey Monica.
1: <laughs> I know um, you've been on hold for a long time, but you're you're in the hot seat now, buddy.
5: Well, that's okay. Look, I I just wanted um I just wanted you maybe to go into a little bit of detail about how if Trump had come in as a do nothing president, like you said, I think Hardage and someone else, I can't remember. Now. And Coolidge. Yes. Um okay, so it would be best to be left with everything Obama did for us. And no, I'm not to, saying that. Then, well to to well, if you had a do nothing president, that's what would happen. Nothing I would will change. explain and We wouldn't have yeah. the we wouldn't have the growth in economy that we have. We wouldn't have the unemployment numbers that we have in the black community. We wouldn't have everything that Trump has done for us in less than four years, way more than any other so-called conservative president we've had since I've been alive and I'm I'm 62 years old. And so how some, I, I don't understand how a Hillary presidency would have been better. Maybe you can explain that.
1: Here's the thing. Here's what people I, I get this put in my mouth all the time. I do not support Trump. I'm not a hater. I'm not a Hillary supporter for crying out loud. Well, I don't prefer. Well, that who Hillary would? You rather,
5: who, who would? Well, who, what's your other? Ron. What's Paul. your other person to pick? Ron Paul. Well, Ron, Ron Paul he, won he Iowa not, he, that time, huh? You gotta you gotta elect somebody that has an actual chance of winning. Why a third would a party person is not going to win in our country Ron We're definitely Paul, a 2 party Hold country. on,
1: you got to let me talk. You got to let me talk. I can't mute. I,
5: I, uh, I Ron
1: Paul was a 12-year didn't he, he might have actually won 12 congressional elections. He certainly was in Congress for many, many years. He won and won and won. He was winning in Iowa. He won in primaries and Trump was absolutely never ever elected. He was what might be described as Gaff prone and hated by the media but he got so much pr that he did do something ron paul couldn't have done but i wasn't saying that i like the do nothing president it's harding and coolidge inherited a u.s federal government that was still contained within like the 10th amendment hadn't been completely obliterated so by them not taking interventionist measures in the economy We return to prosperity despite what would have been a 1929 type crisis. So I'm not saying he should have done nothing. If you're talking about the trade agreement he just did, I would have rather he did nothing. We were better off before. There's a lot of things I would rather not have. But I want to dismantle things, not implement things. And yeah, I think Ron Paul would have been better. But Hillary, no way. Anyway, right after the break, we'll get to a couple more calls. Mark and Mark, this is Monica Perez.
6: Live and festive in the Publix Holiday Headquarters studio at 95.5 WSB.
0: Monica Perez. No, never give up,
3: never surrender.
0: On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk.
1: I am waking Atlanta up to the true threats to our liberty every Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on 95.5 WSB. We are in the home stretch. I'm going to take these calls and then I have to have just a few more of these clips that I think really illuminate what the other side or the overlords are really up to. So uh, let's take, I'm going to go in order of waiting. Uh, Mark, you are on with Monica. Hi, Mark.
7: Hey, Monica. Well, you know, that last call, it just reminded me you know, the other day you know, after this $800 billion spending bill on the military just passed with bipartisan support. In fact, Democrats uh, largely voted for this, which shows that the, uh, the, the, the division between the White House and the Congress is fiction. But, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to point out to somebody, you know, uh, Trump, ha- you know, he has enthusiastically supported this spending orgy. Uh, especially, increase you know, jacking up spending on the military. Uh, uh, the, the deficit, the budget deficit, is over a trillion dollars per year now, uh, thanks to the spending orgy. The national debt is now up over twenty-three trillion dollars, and the Fed has resumed massive quantitative easing with Trump's enthusiastic support. Trump has pretty much demanded the Fed resume quantitative easing. They've been ballooning their balance sheet uh, again. And, and I point this out to people, and all they can do is remind me, well, you know, Obama sent $150 $50 billion to Iran. It's like, okay, I get it. Obama is corrupt. Clinton is corrupt. Don't tell me I have to choose between Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. Unlike Trump, I never donated to Hillary Clinton. I never donated to <laughs> Democrats you know and and that's what you know yeah. i got to be honest the funny thing is i think the whole impeachment uh, thing it's theater meant to create a fiction of choice i'm all for impeaching trump but for the right reasons and the way i look at it monica is that the worst crimes are hidden in plain view they want us looking for the esoteric you know the, the 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 payoffs to some company when it, I, I'd say they, what they're doing to us as a matter of policy is the real crime. It's impossible to bankrupt the people and keep their civil liberties intact.
5: That's
1: Mark, I'm mm. Mark, I'm like you're blowing my mind. I love it. I I mean oh, you well, just really encapsulate. I couldn't. I, there's not one thing you said that I didn't agree with. And well, you I'm put glad. it so well.
7: It, it, well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, it's frustrating that more people uh, don't understand this. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, put it this well, way, I didn't vote for Trump and I didn't vote for uh, Clinton either. So.
1: Let me just say that the Trump is the one who suspended the sequester. This idea that we have debt higher than our GDP as a percentage is unprecedented in peacetime. And, yeah, and it would and take a Republican. And if you you might want to look into, Mark, both what Bill Barr is up to with Project Guardian, where it is effectively of crime to fail a background check. Look into that oh, if you're worried about civil oh, liberties. You know, you
7: know, that's interesting. That's interesting. You bring that up because, of course, Trump is all for these red flag laws, too. And. You know, some people have been giving them accolades because they've talked about some kind of like a national concealed carry bill. And I've been warning people that, you know what, that's going to end up leading to. It's going to be a national firearms license. And my guess is if you don't aren't able to get that, you're not going to even be able to own firearms. Not not only that,
1: but if you fail your application, they start an investigation into you. That's in Barr's thing. If you fail for mental health reasons, they're like, who's looking for a gun who's mentally ill? We need to take action against this person. It's messed up.
7: And of of course, the way things are now, if you support free markets, I mean, don't use the VA or you can be diagnosed as mentally ill. But about the only thing that I could add here, too, is. Um, You know, I remember when when Trump was candidate Trump and he was campaigning against Obama's economy, you know, pointing out that, uh, you know, the stock market was a bubble and, you know, rising prices. uh, That's not economic growth. And that's just it, that we should not conflate rising prices with economic growth. You know, the idea that a rising stock market is an indicator of a healthy economy or that we can even believe these unemployment statistics and unemployment numbers.
1: And the inevitable crash is going to be laid at his feet and the Democrats will run the show forever. But I would also uh, say one other thing and then I got to move on. But the bait and switch idea that you're saying about like a a national concealed carry law, watch out for the details. The USMCA, the United States, Mexico, Canada trade agreement is a bait and switch of the highest order. He came in saying he was going to be the anti-globalist president. That was his single most important platform rhetoric point and this usmca is the actual text word for word text is 57 percent i think it's it's over 50 percent taken right from tpp and it's 70 to 75 percent article for article tpp so watch out
7: well i know it was a ruse from the beginning because If you're really genuinely concerned about the trade deficit, you'd want to deal with the underlying cause. And I'd say that what has precipitated uh, the trade deficit more than anything has been promiscuous monetary policy. You, You know, David Hume Taught us in 1752, Monica, how capital flows, and in, in an inflationary paradigm, that nurtures dependence on cheaper foreign markets to supply us with production. Yet Trump has literally, yeah, I mean, he's explicitly stated that you know the way we can win on trade is by having the Fed cheapen money even more, and and, and it's the exact opposite. You know, yeah, I was thinking, gonna, I can't, we know. absolutely
1: cannot get into that, Mark, because that is going to go yeah. too too deep. Right, you know, it's hard to just oh, to do that, that, that like a a conversation, but I think that that's at the heart of it. If you look at how low interest rates are, 11, 12 years into an expansion, when the inevitable correction comes, they are not going to be able to use the tools they normally use. So we're looking at a paradigm changing event, and I think it's gonna happen in the beginning of his second term. Mark, please do me a favor. Stay informed and stay in touch. Give us a call. I love it. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. And tweet at me if you possibly can at Monica Perez Show. And I'm going to go to the other Mark and see what you have to say. Mark from Lake Lanyard, you are on with Monica Perez.
0: Hey, Monica. Great show, as always. Thank you. Uh, My comment is on Ukraine. And uh, I, I believe... Uh, Mitch McConnell doesn't want a trial. I wants to just, uh, acquit it and throw it out. Um, not only, I believe, uh, Trump has done nothing wrong, and I believe he's one of the greatest presidents, uh, ever. He is a little bum blasted. But, uh, the point is, I'm making is there is corruption on both aisles in Ukraine. There were kickbacks going to both sides of the aisle. Not only the, the uh, not only the Bidens, but other senators were getting kickbacks. And I'm thinking that they're trying to quell uh, to like, it down or, or try to just uh, um, dismiss, dismiss all this stuff because there's going to be other senators that were getting kickbacks. When we send them money, they would get kickbacks. It's, and one of them was mentioned was Lindsey Graham. Well, he's a great guy. He does a lot of talk, but I never see a lot of action out of him.
1: I didn't actually see evidence of that stuff. I did see some accusations like that. There were definitely other people involved, but I will I will go so far as to say this in Operation Fast and Furious. It was, as Putin would say, it's like it was like shearing a pig. There was a, a lot of squealing, but not a lot of wool. Because people are on both sides of the aisle. They don't actually want to get to the bottom of it. This very much smacks like nobody really wants to get to the bottom of what's in Brisma. And I believe that this theater, this theatrical event, is was designed primarily to prevent, and it started, I think, with Trump. I mean, maybe he didn't know what was going on. Maybe somebody scripted that call for him, which I always thought because he's just too busy a guy to, like, script that kind of thing. CEOs don't do that. He's not doing it. So who knows what was behind the scenes going on, and I think that we're getting led down the garden path. But I wanted to, before we, you know, we're winding down, but my producer Binkley here had found some some clips from the council of foreign relations which it's like a cliche to say that they're running the world whatever but in actual the more clips you bring me binkley of the cfr and their private meetings the more it's quite obvious that they are and so when hillary called them the mothership it seems like that was an accurate description and that you can see what they're up to and what you played you played for me on one of our podcasts, Propaganda Report, I think it was episode 186 recently. It was long, an hour and a half, so I, we're not going to get into all that. But I did want to share. So what they talk about is how to control information, how to control information without making laws, how to control information by controlling private entities and encouraging them, nudging them, as Cass Sunstein would say, to not come out to censor their users, for example. And I object to that for many reasons, if these were purely private companies, I wouldn't care. But if they were purely private companies, they'd be fighting it out in the free market. They wouldn't be oligopolies that dominated one company per niche. It just wouldn't be like that. And there's so much evidence that it's in the record that these things were chosen, fostered by the government, from the Department of Defense to the CIA to. So I, I don't. So the CFR is behind this. They were having a symposium, from what I understand, about these issues, and somebody without them realizing that there was a fox in the Hen House, a legitimate journalist called them on what they were going on and on about fake news. Of course, their perspective is that any pro-Trump news is fake news and any anti-Trump news is not. She tried to call them on it, and they were just not having it. So I find this very interesting series of clips. So talk to me. Do you, is that a fair assessment of what we're going to hear?
3: Yeah, this is a woman named Lucy Kosmar who is an old journalist she's been doing it a long time and she poses a question they weren't expecting and they just don't answer it
1: all right so let's see hopefully we can get through this whole little segment which is three clips but let her her clip i think kind of says it all so let's start with clip one
6: in the new york times yesterday there was a story the headline ukrainian president says no blackmail in phone call with trump uh by michael schwartz uh mister you said mr Zelensky. Also said he didn't care what happens in the case of Burisma, the Ukrainian gas company that once employed a son of former Vice President Joe Biden. In the phone call, President Trump had asked Mrs. Zelensky to do him a favor and investigate the debunked theory that Mr. Biden had directed Ukraine to fire an anti-corruption prosecutor who had his sights on the company. Debunked was the word of the author, not of Trump. Well, uh go back to... January 23rd, 2018, in this room, uh, Joe Biden speaking to the council on the record. And I went over, I guess, the 12th or 13th time to Kiev, and I was supposed to announce that there was another billion-dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commission from Poroshenko and for, um and from Yatsenyuk, that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. I'm uh, eliminating a couple of paragraphs just for time, just to get to the nut graph. I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in 6A about this disinformation in the New York Times yesterday, and do you think that they should take down this demonstrably false information?
1: So that's her saying that this is fake news in the New York Times. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back. Just the, the audacity, the blinders, it reminds me so much of how the impeachment thing is going that it just, it, it's like as, uh, as the head of Gun Owners of America said to Pierce Morgan, like facts just bounce off your head, don't they? So we'll get their ridiculous rebuttal after the break. This is Monica Perez.
0: Monica Perez. It's all real. Oh my God, I knew it, I knew it! On 95.5 WSB, Atlantis News and Talk.
1: All right, we're going to jam-pack this thing till the very last minute. Binkley, you have a clip that rebuts. So there there was a woman in the CFR, and a journalist calling the CFR out on the fact that covering up for Biden in the Burisma thing is fake news. That that there, it's not debunked. It's not discredited and the media should stop treating it this way. And this is how they answer. Clip three, please. I think the point that you're, that you're actually making, the larger point that I think people would be interested in is that a a reputable organization that does this looks at, looks at errors and puts, researches them and corrects them when they make them. If it in fact is an error, people should uh, correct it. But that's a a generalized principle and I don't know anything about the truth or falsehood of what you just said. I'm just saying that that's one of the things you want that Rick's talked about is transparency and correction. (laughs) Let's not. I don't think we want to litigate this because we're not experts on that particular statement. If I could
7: just go in the weeds for a second, having gone to Ukraine several times at the same time that Vice President Biden was there. He was there 12 or 13 times. I went three times. That prosecutor was a corrupt prosecutor who was uh, shaking down the people he would potentially prosecute, who already had exonerated Burisma. The, son, the the company that his son worked for. So he was saying the prosecutor that exonerated Burisma needed to be fired. And you know who else was saying it? The IMF, the World Bank, the EU, everybody else. It was a corrupt prosecutor.
1: Now that flies in the face of what Garland just read to us from the affidavit of that prosecutor himself.
3: Yeah. That guy's name is Richard Stingle. also. He bragged about doing propaganda when he worked for the State Department in yeah, another and, CFR clip.
1: And I love the way that other chick just steps right in and says, well, you're talking about, you know, if there's an error, we need to correct us. An error is a lie.
3: The whole panel short-circuited at that question.
1: Well, because somebody let her in. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she's... Her name is plastered on, like, every bulletin board, every globalist bulletin board around the world, <laughs> like she and Lutsenko want to like go into the witness protection program because they're, they're not going to be safe and certainly not going to have jobs, but we appreciate what she did. And we get into this kind of stuff all the time. We have our podcast, Minkley and I propaganda report. You can just look that up in any podcast feed, or you can find it all on the website that we share the propreport.com. Also, My favorite hobby, and I only developed this hobby after having to read the news every day, is making craft cocktails. So I'm going to start tonight, my 12 Cocktails of Christmas, which you can get at monicamixes.com if you've never been there. Some really tasty things, and usually it's just stuff you have in your fridge. Anyway, because I want to have a little lighter side, that this stuff will really get you down if you take it too seriously. But there's so many thinking people out there. That I feel like we we get together like this on Saturdays, and uh, it gives me hope. It gives me a little bit of hope that us, rank and file, can still think.
3: A little right. bit of hope is nice. A
1: little bit of hope. But we'll be back next Saturday from 3 to 6 right here on WSB. This is Monica Perez.
6: The future will be amazing, and that's all well and good. But what about today?